0: If you're planning to hold for 10 years or more, the market cycle shouldn't matter much beyond saving money every month when you make your mortgage payment. <clears throat> hey, wealthy women, welcome back. As you might remember, if you've been with us the last two weeks, we are reading my book, Empower Your Millionaire: A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Investing. And we're up to chapter three. So if you haven't been with us lately, go back to chapter one, start there, and then listen to last week was chapter two. And now we're up to chapter three, where hopefully you're ready to dive into chapter three. What's the real deal? All right. Our goals for chapter three, understand the different types of property differentiate between residential and commercial, and learn tools to evaluate and compare properties. Types of real property. In general, there are three categories of real property, residential, commercial, and other. With all three options, you can use a portion of the asset yourself. For example, you can live in one of the units or have your office there. In the case of a second home, you can rent it when you're not using it and get many of the same benefits of a pure investment property. It's important to note that the various types of real estate do not share a single market cycle. In general, residential property starts the cycle. Commercial comes next, and industrial comes last. That makes sense if you think about it. First, an area of town becomes trendy, and residential property values start to rise. Next, fun- next funky restaurants come into the area, followed by some retail boutiques, and other types of commercial property to support the influx of more affluent residents. Any industrial buildings that may be nearby benefit both from having competition for space and sometimes the option to convert the industrial space into residential and or commercial use. If you believe that a residential area is rebounding, that may be the perfect time to scout neglected commercial space. Residential real estate, normally considered to be any rental property with four or fewer units. Residential real estate includes individual condos, single-family homes, or multifamily homes that you buy to rent. Included in this category are things like second homes. Multifamily homes can be a great place to start your investing because you can use one of the units for yourself. This helps in several ways, including lower interest rates, lower required credit score, and easier property management. Even if you don't live in the building, it's usually easier to start small. Commercial property. Along with rental properties of five or more units, commercial property includes property where people don't live, like stores and office buildings, as well as mixed-use buildings that might have a combination of retail space, offices, and apartments. Commercial property is sometimes overlooked by new investors, but it can be an excellent option if you're planning to manage it yourself and don't want any late night phone calls. It's also a bit easier in some ways dealing with people in their place of work rather than their home. Other. This category includes industrial real estate, business opportunities, and land. These can be more complex, so if you decide to go one of these routes, consult your trusted advisors to make sure you're considering all facets of the opportunity buy land they ain't making any more of the stuff will rogers land hoe even though the supply of land is limited there's no limit to the ways you can use it as long as you comply with local zoning ordinances or can get them changed you can do anything from building a mountain and starting your own ski area to digging out a lake and selling fishing lessons Now, you're probably not going to actually build your own mountain, but you can and should think three-dimensionally. When you buy land, you're also buying what's under and over the land, the mineral and air rights. Those can be sold or leased. You can build skyscrapers or underground bunkers. Are you in an area where there could be mineral deposits? Is there a company that might want to pass wires or pipes underground through your land? What about on the land? Is your property in a very visible location? Would a billboard be easily seen? Would a cell company like to put a tower there? Would Would a solar company like to put solar panels there? Is it an open space in an area with very little space available? That could make it ideal for farming or gardening or as a parking area. Many city dwellers are willing to pay rent to be part of a community garden. This could also qualify for grants or tax savings. In real estate, we talk about the concept of highest and best use, which looks at the property as it is now and asks what it could be when it grows up. Maybe right now it's a single-story convenience store, but because of the location, changes in the community, and zoning, its highest and best use is as a multi-story mixed-use building. This could have five stories with retail on the bottom, offices on the next floor, and then three levels of residential. If you bought that property for the price of a convenience store, and then maximized its possible usage, you could have huge gains. Once you've explored and discovered the highest and best use, you don't even have to be the one to develop the property. If you design the plans and get the local approvals and permits, you can sell that as a package to a developer who can make it a reality. You may even be able to negotiate staying in as a partner and getting a couple of the completed units. Another way to add value is to subdivide the property turning one lot into two or more buildable lots. You can find homes that are built on two lots or where one owner owns multiple lots. Sometimes zoning has changed and you're able to buy one lot that is now large enough to support several home sites. You can then build multiple properties where there was only one before, usually by right. By right means that the current zoning regulations support the use. If they don't, for example, if you want to put a two-family in an area zoned for single families, It may still be possible, but you'll have to go before a board that will evaluate whether your proposal aligns with the goals they have for the city or town. With all of these options for real estate investing, not to mention real estate investment trusts called REITs, stocks, bonds, and this great new restaurant that your brother-in-law is starting, how can you make the right decision where to invest your money? Evaluating investment options. Cap rate. The capitalization or cap rate is the net amount of income that the property generates divided by the cost. If a property is selling for a million dollars and it generates $100,000 after expenses, the cap rate is calculated as 100,000 divided by a million or 10%. The higher the cap rate, the more bang for your buck. The cap rate should give you an idea of the risk. By comparing similar properties in comparable locations, you would expect that the one with the higher cap rate would have some variable, the age of the property, for example, that makes that purchase riskier. Don't assume that one seller has just priced the property too low. Although that could be true, look for the variable that supports the difference in cap rate if there is one. If there isn't one, then you've probably found a great deal. If there is, decide whether the higher return is worth the additional risk you should also consider future potential. When comparing cap rates, it may make sense to do two calculations, one using market rents and one using the rents that are currently being charged. That way you won't miss out on a great deal just because the owner is charging low rents. Be sure that you understand what investment is needed to get market rent in the building. Sometimes it's just a coat of paint, but sometimes... You'll need to update kitchens or baths or add air conditioning. Add that expense to the cost of the property in your cap rate calculation. Appreciation rate. The concept that you make your money when buying a property is especially true when you're hoping to sell fairly soon after buying. If you're planning to hold for 10 years or more, the market cycle shouldn't matter much beyond saving money every month when you make your mortgage payment. Getting an idea of what you can expect for appreciation will help you compare the potential future value of a property. Remember, your goal is to compare two or more potential investments, so your analysis should center on the difference in expected appreciation between your various options. Does the potential of one location exceed the potential of another? Is one type of property, commercial versus residential, expected to fare better in the area? Even if you plan to keep the asset forever, future value is important as your plans may change unexpectedly, or you may want to take out a loan or a line of credit on the property. Your real estate agent can help you understand past trends and how they relate to future appreciation. Or you can use online resources like tax, tax assessments to get a rough idea of the market cycle in the area. See for more information on this type of research. Overall rate of return. Understanding the potential future value can help make a property with a lower cap rate more attractive than one with a higher rate. Adding the cap rate to the appreciation rate will give you the overall rate of return for a longer term look at the investment. For example, you're comparing a restaurant in Georgetown with an apartment building on the same street. The cap rates are both 5%, but you see a trend of similar apartment buildings being converted to condos the appreciation rate on the apartment slash condos would be 10%, while the restaurant would increase at the area average of 3%, making the apartment building a better investment because you would get 15% for the apartment building versus 8% for the restaurant. Leverage. If you're having a lot of fun with this math stuff, you can take it one step further to figure out whether it makes more sense to leverage the property or to buy it with cash. Or rather, whether it makes sense to buy the property if you can't pay cash. Doing this is easy. Just subtract the interest rate you'd pay from the overall rate of return. If the number is negative, don't do it. You'll lose more on interest than you'll gain in the short term. You'll find spreadsheets with this and other helpful formulas on eyimbook.com. Get real. I bought my first investment property when I was 23 years old. It was a triple-decker in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I knew about as much as your average 23-year-old about being a landlady and investing, and I didn't have a real estate agent, attorney, or mentor representing or advising me. I didn't ask to see leases, applications, or payment histories on the tenants that were in place at the time and made no provisions in the offer for occupancy or condition of the property at closing. By the time I took ownership, the seller had moved the two paying tenants to another of his properties leaving me with two vacant units and one deadbeat tenant. I had purchased at the top of the market and the property started losing value almost immediately. Within two years, the building was completely vacant. The copper pipes had been stolen and the property was in foreclosure. Not a very auspicious beginning to a real estate empire. Many people think that it's easy to make money in real estate, but the opportunities to make mistakes are many and varied. So why am I encouraging you to invest in real estate? Because luckily, the reverse is also true, because there are ways to make money in every market if you're paying attention. It's what you know and who you know. With so much potential for mistakes when buying your first investment, how can you possibly get it right? Reading about my rocky entry to real estate, it sounds like I made tons of mistakes, but I only made one. I didn't ask for help. I failed to admit that I didn't have a clue what I was doing and just kept walking deeper and deeper into the muck. Luckily, you're much smarter than I was at 23, and you have already proven that you're clever enough to ask for help because you're reading a book on how to do it right. Later, we'll learn how to hire a team of trusted advisors who will bridge the gaps in your knowledge until you become an expert. Chapter three, action items. Go online and find at least one property in each category residential, commercial, industrial, and land. Use tools at eyimbook.com to evaluate each for cap rate and appreciation rate. Determine cash flow for each property. Brainstorm ideas for the highest and best use of each property and start creating a virtual portfolio of properties. That's it for chapter three. Thank you so much for being with the for reading this book with me. I'm having a really good time with it. And I hope that you are learning a few things and coming up with some questions that you want to ask me about how the heck do I get started? Or what do you mean by cap rate? Or how do I evaluate these properties? Or anything like that. Because you know, I'm doing this because I want you to become a real estate investor. If it's right for you, which of course, you know, I think it's right for everybody (laughs) in some form or another. So if you want to follow along in the book, you can go to eyimbook.com slash store and you, or slash shop, actually, slash shop. And you can buy a book, the physical hard copy and read along with me. Or if you like immediate gratification, you can go onto Amazon and get the ebook and download it right away. Also, I think on the website, you can probably download a PDF version. I happen to like ones I can take notes in, but I suppose you can always print off the PDF version, which would probably cost as much as buying the book yourself. But anyway, That's it for chapter three. See you next week where we're going to read chapter four.